1: AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman.
2: We're back. We're back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. We've already did our first hour and boy, does time fly when you're having fun and you're getting great questions and we're talking about great stuff. Uh, my next guest and I'm here in the studio with Ace One Two Park, who runs our financing and answers all your questions on financing. And was just telling us about the five percent. And I am here with. Stephen Gaines, a renowned author, and myself, Daddy Herman, and I am going to introduce Steve Wagner, who is a co-op and condominium expert, he's a litigator, he's been for 30 years, and uh, he also is expanding into the field of internet defamation, and Steve, welcome, but before you start, I just want to take a quick question, because once you start, I don't want to have to stop. Hi Steve. So, hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. I'm so thrilled to have you hi. on the show. All right. Thank so you I'm so gonna... much
3: for having me.
2: Oh, no, we're excited to have you, and I have so many questions to ask. So, if you don't mind, just want to take a quick question, and then we'll uh, talk. I have a lot to ask you. Uh, Mike from New Brunswick. Hi, Mike. Hi Dottie. A... Was hi,
4: Dottie. I just want to say, hi, Dottie. I want to say, I love your show. Hi, everybody oh, on the show. You. Uh, I really respect your advice, and I think you're very smart and intelligent woman and very beautiful, too. Oh, thank you. But anyway. Okay, uh, there. You
2: put a big smile um, on my uh, face, Mike. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh Well, let me tell you one bit of information.
4: Guy. I'm a young guy. I'm a guy from Jersey Shore. I have a house down the shore right next to oh, the beach. Oh,
2: yes. Well, let, let me tell you something. Before you give me your question, flattery will get you everywhere. That's another bit of my advice, Okay. So now you can ask me your I real estate
4: advice. I will definitely need your advice. Um, I'm 45. I look younger. My sister's 55. She's the one who wants to move to the villages. I called her a few weeks ago. Anyway, um, I have uh, multiple offers. One guy said he'll take the full price. But I have my sister's friend who she's known. And I've known her, too, for like 30 years since I was a little kid. She wants to buy the house. She said, I want to buy the house. I love your house. I want to buy your house. But since I'm your friend, sister's friend and your friend, can you sell it to me for a little less? Because no. we've known each other, you know, no. thirty years, and so she wants to buy the house too, How but much so she less doesn't is... want to pay
5: the full price. Either.
2: Well, I mean, this is she business. Business is business. And I have to tell you, I mean, first of all, if was maybe a little bit, and you and you show, and you could spare a little bit. Of money, but I just feel in my bones that that could be asking for trouble when you get involved with friends in business. I really think this is business, and I would make sure that the guy that has the full price offer has good credit. Um, but if she wants to buy it for cheaper, my guess is it's not for like a thousand dollars. It's going to be she's going to want it for more than that. I mean, just my guess. Uh, she
4: wants to buy it for like ten thousand. She wants to buy it for ten thousand less which is, uh, you know, I think it's a lot less. But my sister says, you know, she's a good friend for 30 years. My friend, well, I've known her since I was a kid, and I've, you know, she's a good friend. I love her. But, Mike, her. would you, you give know,
5: her $10, $10,000? Mike, would you give her $10,000? Because that's what you're doing. You're giving her $10,000 out of your own pocket, no matter how good a friend she is. I don't is.
2: have
5: Well, that's I don't what have you're 10, doing. do to give, I, you know. Well, that's what it would be the uh, equivalent I, I, of
2: well it would be 5 cuz you're going to split it with oh, your right. sister <laughs> okay so it would be 5000 that you listen if you can afford to do it um, and you check her credit out and you really because a lot of times friends say they're going to buy things and she they really good, don't
4: she has a good credit she has a good credit uh, she's uh, the she has a good credit like 750 credit score i think
2: okay, so she's and a when, good when, credit person and, and and she would go to contract right away
4: she wants she would, to buy the house, like move in right away.
2: All right. Well, look, that's, I can't give you yeah. advice on that. That's an uh, individual. I mean, look, if you can afford, because it's 5000 off yours and 5000 off your sister's. So, you know, that's $10,000. And to me, that's a lot of mm-hmm. money. Uh, you know, it is a lot of money. Okay. I, I, you know, I mean, maybe you could say to her, we'll we'll give you something but i i think that's a lot of money that's 10 if somebody, if you've got a full price offer and that guy is really legit and ready to go $10,000 which is 5 each is a lot maybe you could get it to 5 i mean that's just a lot of money but if yeah. you could afford to do that's it that's true that's true okay that's
4: why i wanted to ask you because you, you know everything about real well, estate you're, look, you know you're a small you know woman. what
2: let me tell you this we all work hard for our money, and certainly I've done a lot of favors and never gotten paid back. So it's not like I could give you Oh, well, you know, I just want to say that
4: I, she's loaned us about $5,000 over the years that well, we have to pay what? her back $5,000. Okay.
2: So if she's been that kind of friend and she did special favors for you, you know, then those are different yes. circumstances. Maybe I would uh, if it was somebody that was close to me and did me a lot of favors, but I... You know, maybe you could give her 5000 off, you know, or something like that. Or yeah, seven, that's then, what I'm you know, saying,
4: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, meet her halfway. Well, we owe, owe her money $5,000. Well, if you owe her money, then if you owe her 5000 then giving her $5,000 right. off is really not giving her mm-hmm. a break. You're just paying back your loan.
4: Yeah, I'm just so, I'm paying back. Well, she gives us money every now and then. She gave us money over the years, you know, when oh. we needed it. So.
2: Well that's then, you know what, um, what she, Mike? Like you, didn't, you didn't friend. tell me that in the beginning, and if she okay. did and I she was you a friend, that. Yeah. then I would
4: about five to six thousand.
2: Well then, you know what? And
4: she's been a good help over then the years.
2: then a, if, if, if you
4: person.
2: if you owe her that much, five to six thousand, and she's been a good friend and she's helped you, out, then I would do it because what you, then you're giving her three or four thousand dollars a break. It's not. Yeah, as long as you can afford to that's do that's it, do. but you need to pay her a loan I guess back I can anyway.
4: To do it. Yeah, and you know, what she, I asked her if I could come and visit the house again. She said, "Yeah, I can always come and back and visit, like in the summertime, because oh, well, nice. we're moving down to Florida, like, and I want to come what, back." You know, I don't want to. If other guy buys it, I'm not going to be able to come.
2: You know, you you the pay other pay guy to,
4: buys, he's going to pay the full price, but I can't come back and visit.
2: Well, you can't She's come back and visit, and don't you still and don't you still have to pay her five thousand dollars back anyway?
4: Yeah, I owe her five thousand. We were going to do that when we sell the house. We were going to give her a check right. for five.
2: So then, yeah. really, so, what um, she's asking is five thousand off. Because if you owe her five, right, then you're giving her five thousand. And really, if you can afford to do it, and that's really, you know, I don't know your your financial c- circumstances, but yeah, if do it, you
4: think I could come back and visit? You think she um, she should let that me that visit because I make so that soon. a
2: condition that you can come back and visit. And take pictures because it sounds like you love that home.
4: Yeah, I do love the house. You know, it's my family's house that had it for fifty years. All right, years. and
2: then if it's your family's so. house and it's someone that's going to treat it that way and, and treasure it like you did, then it's all worth it. And it's really not that much. You're talking about four thousand dollars.
4: It's a house on it. a hill. It's a house on a wow. hill. It's a house on a hill on the Jersey Shore near the wow. beach, two blocks my- away. Do it's a very it. unique property. And,
2: right. Call us back when, you, when you've when you done it. Let us know what happens. I will do it. Right? Thanks, you. Thanks Mike so again. much. And just, have thank a wonderful weekend. Thanks for calling in. Um, okay. And we are finally back with Steve Wagner. And I'm, Steve, I'm so thrilled to have you. So, Steve, I haven't spoken to you for so long.
3: and Yeah. It's been too long.
2: Yeah. So, I. I'm I, so happy to be back. Oh, I'm glad you're back. And we really want you to come on as much as you can. We have so many questions for you. Um, now, you really specialize in litigation, and you do a lot with co-ops and condos.
3: Oh, tons of co-ops. We have uh, more than 50 co-ops and condos, and we do all kinds of litigation. We also do buyouts and Internet litigation, as you mentioned, representing tenants who are, whose landlords have asked them to uh, move either because they just want to raise the rent for the next or maybe sell an apartment that's already co-op or even knock down a building that's part of an assemblage.
2: Steve, while you're on that, we've gotten a lot of questions. It was probably just a couple of weeks ago somebody called me about that or sent me a question that said, if my landlord wants me to move, uh, do I have to? And I guess the circumstances would be, I don't know the circumstances, but that's something that you could call Steve and you would be able to to, to to know whether they have a case if they don't or they would? Like, when oh, the, absolutely. Yeah, so when does, the, when does the landlord – when can they force you to move when your lease is up? So Steve,
5: guess. can you speak up a little? Sure, I can speak up a little bit.
3: Um, yeah, well, when can they ask you to leave? There's a couple of different situations. Um, but starting with the usual buyout situations, landlords ask you to leave when um, – uh, they're going to try and knock down a building or completely rehab a building. But they, if, if the tenants are stabilized and have protections, it's not so easy to get them out. They have to go to the um, supervisory agency, which is the New York State Division of Housing Community Renewal, DHCR, and file an application. And it can take years, and there's no guarantee they'll get you out. So very often landlords will propose a payment arrangement to have you leave and and so that's usual i mean people, there are they'll pay you
2: they'll pay you money to leave
3: oh yeah uh get free rent money we've gotten anywhere from uh you know tens of thousands of dollars and we've gotten uh our tenants over a million dollars uh, uh over a dozen times now
2: wow it's, it's, see, it, how do it people, really depends
3: on the circumstances
2: how do people reach you What's the best oh, way to uh, get I, to
3: you? Well, it's, um, the firm name is um, Wagner, Burkow, and Brandt, and my number is 646-791-2083. Can
5: you say uh, that again,
3: Steve? I up, I use 646-791-2083, and I pick up the phone most of the time directly.
2: Oh, that's great. That is great. So they get you a person. See, how did person. you get
5: a million dollars? Is it the, the value of the apartment? Is it the amount of rent that you would have been paying if you stayed? How do you figure out what to ask for if they want to get you out of your apartment?
3: Well, there's a ton of different things. Um, there's actually an article that I wrote. You can probably find it just by Googling uh, buyout and looking for my name. And, and there's maybe 15 different things, but they can be the age and the health of the tenant, the location of the property, the rent t- paid for by the tenant um, compared to what the fair market rent would be. Um, and um, there's also special situations. I'll give you an example of one where we had a, um, a, a tenant who the landlord claimed was not regulated, and we found that the, um, they had improperly he regulated the apartment, and the, develop- the owner of the building had, uh, was already on its way to knocking down the building and had already gotten financing, and um, so we, st- we litigated, and we proved that there were forgeries in connection with um, uh, the claim that she was not stabilized, and she got over a million and a half dollars
2: wow. um,
3: to leave. Well,
2: that's why very, I listen. Very,
3: very happy.
2: Yeah, I'm sure she was. You said
5: the age of the tenant really de- depends upon how much they'll be paid, yeah?
2: Well, it depends. I uh, mean, yeah. there's a lot well, of circumstances. Yeah. Correct. I mean, I don't, I don't well, want to be specific because then somebody thinks, well, chief, I'm older. I mean, it really doesn't it matter. Everyone's an individual, well, but what I think the main point is, if you have well, you had a lot of questions, a problem where where the landlord's trying to throw you out, unless it's that you that you should call C. Um, and we're going to post this number, Steve. I have also uh, some common questions that people ask us. Like, okay, so somebody's got their mother's got an apartment, and the mother unfortunately dies, and one of the kids, with siblings, is living there, and the and the other, the brother and sisters want them to get out right away because they probably want to sell it. Uh, And we get a lot of those family litigations where somebody, you know, um, would be that something that you would handle or something like that? Oh, sure. In
3: in those cases are difficult because there's a lot of emotions tied up in it. Um, And usually somebody who's been living in an apartment, if it's a a stabilized apartment, they'd have possibly have succession rights if they were there for two years or one year if they were a senior citizen or disabled. Um, But with a co-op apartment, Um, If they all wind up owning the apartment, um, you know, there are issues about, one, occupying to the exclusion of others and whether or not that person would have to pay rent. But also, with a co-op in particular, there are rules about who can remain in an apartment upon the death of the tenant shareholder. And um, they have to qualify with those rules anyway. Otherwise, the co-op could possibly evict everyone and take the apartment away it's a rare situation
2: the rule is
3: the rule is you have to qualify under the um proprietary lease, um and but but the other siblings could get that third sibling out if it's a co-op apartment and they want to sell it um that's something that can be done and we've done that
2: but steve would you recommend them because i'm not an attorney but i've seen so many things or people have called us and I think the last thing that a parent would want is their kids fighting and hating each other over property that they left. Would you recommend that uh, a parent who's leaving more than one child a piece of real estate, whether it's a co-op or a single-family home, put in their will how to like to disp- how you know disposing of it if you can't agree? Then, then, you know, in, in the first month, maybe then you sell it and split it or something like that? Because we've seen so many people call us where they're not speaking. the they, families, like, hates each other because of, of, of things like that. And you don't yeah, want to have to have brothers litigate. And when it gets to that, there's usually bad blood after that. So would you recommend uh, you, anything? Yes.
3: Well, you, for a condo, you can actually give the apartment to one or another of the uh of the children but with a co-op it's not even clear that you have the right to give the apartment away what you because you always have to get the approval of the board oh. so even if you were to say in your will i give my co-op apartment to child a and child b and, and c object it may not even be that Child A gets the apartment. They might only wind up with the proceeds of the sale of the apartment, but if you want to avoid those issues, you certainly can designate in your will who you want to get it and how it should be done. And if they can't qualify to move in, that they they should get the proceeds of it. Those are things that can be done, and those will be observed by the executor or the court if it comes to it. Um, Hopefully. Yeah, I, I see these situations, as you do, uh, Dottie, but it's they're sad situations when you see families fighting like that.
2: I know. I, but, yeah, Steve, wouldn't you, like, let me, for those listeners who are not from New York City, uh, because co-ops really don't exist too many other places, be, uh, let me, I'm sure Steve will give you this advice. You really need to read before you buy a co-op, you really need to read and really read or give it to someone like Steve to read uh, what the limitations are and what you're allowed. Because remember, co-ops are not real estate. They're shares in a corporation, and the rights are very different. So You're you, absolutely right. So that's something you're they can call you right. on, um, and you can oh, yes, counsel and, them and
3: on. Yes, and you know, it, it's, it, these offering plans are thick and confusing, but really they're like a cookbook. They're set up according to regulation, which is very specific. So as a lawyer, I'm able to just, like, turn to the section I know will contain the information I'm looking for, whereas uh, uh, somebody trying to do it themselves may have to read a two or three or even larger book because they don't know where to look. Um, But, yes, it's very important. The words matter, and if you're unclear, then you need professional help.
2: Yes, and you should really know what you're getting when you buy a co-op. It's different than, you know, if you're buying a single-family home. Um, So that's another reason to call Steve. And I believe you call experts in the kind of law, like if you're going through a divorce, you get a divorce attorney. But Steve is versed in all of these real estate uh, questions. And we're going to continue. And I wanted to ask you... uh, if you're in a building and you have a bad neighbor, and I, you know, um, who's either noisy, I think I just had a call like that, or the maybe has a bad smell. What what do you do if somebody's really a bad tenant? I'll, how do you get them out? We'll be right back. Okay, with with Steve at our expert attorney.
6: From... You.
7: It's the dirty little secret of military service for women. 30% of female veterans recently interviewed said that they were raped while serving our country, leading to the breakup of their family and inability to hold a job. This week on Champions of Justice, Tom Girardi and Amy Solomon expose the issue and talk with the leaders of U.S. Vets, an organization helping vets recover. Tune in, Champions of Justice, Sunday mornings at 10, here on AM 970, The Answer.
0: When it comes to protecting your family, home, or business, you need a name you can trust. You need us. Honig Conti Perino Insurance. In Manhattan since 1902. We're family-owned, experienced, and We believe in a face-to-face, roll-up-your-sleeves approach. Our clients receive individual and personal care. Honig Conti Perino. The name to trust. Call 212-777-7113 or honigconti.com H-O-N-I-G C-O-N-T-E dot com Honig Conti Perino. Not just providing insurance, but insurance guidance. Your table, ladies.
6: Thank you so much. So, Vicki, how have you been? Great. It's been so long. Last time we saw each other was what? Your daughter's wedding on that yacht? What was it? The Atlantis? Yes, the Atlantis. It was perfect for the wedding with its three decks, bridal suite, immaculate restrooms, dance floor, and state-of-the-art sound system. The food and service was great, and I hear they bake those delicious rolls right on board. They do. You know, I've been trying to decide what to do for my daughter's Sweet 16 and some corporate events. You should absolutely book the Atlantis. They do more than just weddings. Sunset cocktail parties, bar and bat mitzvahs, luncheons, and guests are able to board from several locations. Francesca was so easy to work with. Call her at 212-385-9400 or email her at events at Charter
1: the Atlantis for your event today. Call Francesca at 212-385-9400 or visit franstouchofclass.com. For a limited time, mention AM 970 for a free menu upgrade on the Atlantis
7: this is a message to business owners the strongest selling proposition is to get your customer into your store in front of your product now you can do that digitally everywhere with Salem surround digital marketing that easily takes your business beyond its four walls putting your message on people's computers tablets and mobile phones everywhere your digital ad virtually puts them into your store in front of your products Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Call us at Salem Surround for a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggested ideas that could dramatically increase your sales. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers. Salem Surround, total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundnewyork.com surround new york.com connecting you with new customers
1: it's i on real estate got a question call 866-970-9622 is douglas elements ceo Dottie herman
2: hi we're we're back and you're listening to i on real estate i'm here with steven steve wagner and he is a litigator in real estate for more than 30 years, an expert in all areas of co op and condo law, and um, also involved in the rapidly expanding field of internet defamation claims in the co op and condo area. And, Steve, I think I have a question for you from a, a, a caller, but let me think. Dave from Tom's River. Hi, Dave. Hello.
5: How
4: are you?
2: I'm um, good. My how are you?
5: Mike. My- I'm good. My question is,
4: if I have a neighbor who is giving me a lot of problems and harassing me and I want to file a complaint against them, do I have to disclose that when I go to sell my house that I filed a restraining order or some type of legal action against
3: the neighbor? Steve? Well, it, legally, you're not required to. Um Morally, uh, you may want to just in terms of letting them know, but you're, there's no legal requirement if you have a personal problem with a next-door neighbor. That may be the reason you're moving. It doesn't necessarily mean that the next person will. So the answer is no. You don't have to, whether you should. Now, okay. or the other thing about it, and, and this is something important, if you live in a co-op or a condo and um, – you've complained to the board. That's something that you have to be very careful about because depending on how sophisticated the board is, they may put something in the minutes. And if they are going to be putting things in the minutes about the problems you've had with the next door neighbor, somebody should be reading those minutes if they're representing the next purchaser. So that's something I I would be very um, careful about um, that if you are going to complain to the board that you have a discussion with them, that this is not something you want put in the minutes. If they could help you quote unquote offline, if you will, that would be much better for you because once it's in the minutes, it's hard to get them out of the
1: minutes.
2: Right. So watch out for that too. If you're selling a single family home, um, are you um, concerned at all that that maybe the neighbor would uh, be a, pain in the neck when you were selling your home or try to do things that would hurt your sale if you're looking to sell your home?
4: Dave? I think I think that that could be possible.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, look, I don't know your neighbor, and I don't know what he's doing, but I would say to you, if you're thinking of selling your home in the near future, uh, you can have very spiteful neighbors, and they might do, like, put trash around or do something that hurt. So I would try to talk to him first, or if maybe you did, uh, especially if you're trying to sell your home, because I wouldn't want to see somebody be spiteful and uh, do things to hurt the sale of your home if you're selling it. And I don't know the neighbor. It might not never happen. and it, Or maybe putting a restraining order or making a complaint will will stop him. So it really well, depends it on the worse. person. make it worse? Yeah. So it depends. But, again, Steve, answering your question, oh. you l- legally don't have to disclose it.
6: Okay, thank,
2: thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Dave. Have a great weekend. You too. So Bye-bye. Steve, yeah. So another question that somebody is, um, if uh, you have a neighbor and they're a, uh, they have a, a bad odor in their apartment, this isn't a co-op or a condo, and one person emailed that, you know, maybe it's a hoarder. They have millions of magazines and stuff. And I guess that they're in their apartment. Um, uh, so I don't know how that – I mean, they want to know, can they get somebody evicted? So, look, Mike, so to, to generalize what these uh, people are asking, what these callers are asking, is basically if you're in an apartment and you have a neighbor that's either has bad smells in their apartment or um, – keeps it dirty or is maybe Objectionable conduct. What, cond- what, it's what object- do you do? It's, what do you do?
3: It's objectionable. Generally, this is referred to as objectionable conduct. And it could be Collier's uh, syndrome, which is hoarding. It can be a noise. It, uh, it can be odors. Um, I've had situations where there was uh, drug use or Airbnb running next door. These are all objectionable conduct issues. Hmm. And I- in a co-op, yes, you can. Um, The general rule for landlord-tenant situations, which includes co-ops, is that the court is the one that would make the decision about whether the conduct was objectionable. But with a co-op, there was a case called Pullman. And in that case, the decision of the board, as long as it was made in good faith and and the board had the power to make that decision, which almost everyone does, um, the board would make the decision, and the uh, court would f- not interfere with the board's uh, uh, decision. With a condo, it's a lot more difficult because with a condo, you can't evict somebody. There's the right of injunction. Um, and that? Well, that's when you go to court and you get a judge to say, hey, Mr. Neighbor, you're making noise. You're acting objectionably. You're violating the rules. The condo has the right to assert those rules and enforce them. And since you're violating them, I'm going to stop you. And what happens in those cases is the the next-door neighbor doesn't get evicted. But if they continue to violate, they're going to have to go and appear in front of that judge again on a contempt motion. And I can tell you, Dottie, you don't want to be standing in front of a judge whose order you just ignored. Because no matter what the judge told you to do— It's an affront to the court. That's why it's called contempt of court. And, you know, the judge can throw you in jail or confine you, and you don't want to be in that situation. So it's it's different whether it's a co-op or condo, but those objectionable conduct things are always difficult, Um, particularly when you mentioned odors and noise. The noise, at least there are some objective standards, and you can have – an expert come in and measure and say they're violating the law and then go to court.
2: Yeah, I just had a caller who said one of the buildings we manage, and he didn't really explain whether the noise is from a neighbor or there's a noise in the building. I'm not sure, so I'm going to find out um, what the remedy is, uh, but I'll send them to you then, okay? (laughs) Steve, you know,
5: I I was – Ah, uh, Steve. I once wrote about uh, the Ansonia, a very famous apartment building, and there was a lady oh, who yeah. was a hoarder, and the the problem wasn't just that she was a hoarder, but it was a safety problem, and and so it's different than if there's a smell or if there's this or that, because she had extension cords all over, and they were really working hard to try to get her evicted. What are your thoughts on that, Steve?
3: Well, they should have been able to. The you know if the thing is the the courts are attuned. To call your syndrome—that's what this is—call your syndrome. But they're also very attuned to safety of the uh, uh, of the other residents in the building. Yes, you can get them out, but if the person is a senior, they may call in adult protective services. If the person has some sort of um, uh, emotional issue, um, again, there could be adult protective services brought in, um, and, and these processes are not quick. They take time and they can be expensive, but they can be successful. And, and uh, I have been successful on several occasions. Usually what happens if it's a co-op or a condo um, is we'll cut a deal with the people to give them time to sell the apartment, not have it sold at an auction, for example, which would probably result in a lower price and losses to them. Um, but sometimes you have to go all the way. And that Pullman case is very important. But, you know, the objectionable conduct, particularly, I mean, we've had issues with bedbugs where they came in oh. and there was a hoarding situation with bedbugs. Oh. And they, did, they bed discovered bugs. a cache of, of guns in the apartment and the person was claiming post-traumatic stress syndrome. I mean, it was you talk about nightmares. Uh, the people were afraid to walk by the front door of this place. Yeah,
2: well, I'd be afraid to complain about somebody had all those yeah, guns. no. Okay, especially yeah. in light of what's happening now. You know, you never know if somebody's a lunatic or not. Let me take a qu- well, another question per- for you. Oh, sure, uh, go ahead. Who, no, just finish your story. So this person was just had guns.
3: Yeah, and um, it was amazing. It was uh, it, it, there was there were like thirteen or fourteen guns and thousands of rounds of ammunition. And none of them were licensed. So uh, it, it, what was especially difficult with that one is that the co-op I represented was not the direct landlord. This, their, the sponsor still owned that apartment. So we didn't have the right to evict the tenant. We had the right to evict the sponsor. And the sponsor wow. wasn't taking any action. So we, we, we pullmaned him. We, we sent him a notice saying, we're throwing you out. And gets, we eventually we eventually made arrangements, you know, with the uh, the sponsor. Yeah. They got rid of all the guns. They are now monitoring this guy for bed bugs, and every month, I mean, uh, we had them step it up big time, so that
2: Bedbugs, I what, would really let me say this. So I have a question, a, a listener waiting to, to speak to you, but I bed bugs. They I I understand they can go through floors and they can go through walls. So. Uh, like, I would really be afraid to be living next to somebody who had bed bugs because they can go through the floors. I'm sure of that.
3: Mm. You want to hear something crazy? Well, bed wait a second. Are... I
2: think we're going to take okay. a break. So, you're going to hold that. And, Kathy, we're going to take your call as soon as this break is over. Hold on. We'll be right with you. Uh, Kathy.
5: 866-970-9622.
0: right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you
1: a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, which is the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use promo code AM970. For the
6: best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.
1: Hi, I'm Paul. I know what you're thinking. Oh,
3: great. Another wireless app. I know how you feel. And it seems like they're always full of this complicated, tricky language about their networks and offers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Sprint is going to do things differently and let you decide for yourself with their new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or your money back. See? Simple. Now get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. So switch now. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800 sprint one
8: today 30-day guarantee with new
3: line
7: of service s10 128 gigabyte 15 a month after 22.50 a month credit for 18 months credit applied within two bills but canceled early remaining balance due unlimited basic after 63020 20 pay 32 dollars per month per line for five lines with auto pay day to prioritization during congestion coverage and offer not available everywhere speed maximums use rules 30 activation fee and restrictions apply
8: In this crazy, messy world, we're all trying to make sure we do our best to stay healthy against the new diseases that seem to pop up in schools, at work, and hospitals. It's hard to find a product that's safe, effective, and alcohol-free. Well, guess what? The wait is over. DuraSan is a water-based, non-toxic hand sanitizer that cleans, conditions, and protects skin for up to 24 hours. It comes in bottles, wipes, fovers, sprays that are perfect for everyday use. DuraSan also developed an antimicrobial hand Soap that is FDA approved and environmentally safe, just like their hand sanitizer. Durasan has a long line of safe to use products. Their USDA organic mosquito spray safely protects from dangerous pathogens like the Zika virus, which is perfect for the summertime coming up. If you listen to Joe Piscopo, get 20% off when you mention the show. To learn more about Durasan products, please go to Durasan.com or call 844 Durasan. 844 387 4726. Durasan
1: it's i on real estate got a question call 866-970-9622 here's douglas elements ceo Dottie herman
2: we're back and we're here with steve wagner who is a expert litigator and is helping us uh, talk about condos and co-ops and, and, and houses and People have, have complaints. I mean, anything that you – he's a, a litigator. He's gotten people millions of dollars. Steve, we need your numbers again. We're going to post them also, so if you're driving, you don't have to write them. But what's your – the best way to reach you? And Steve says he even answers his own phone. Uh, what's yeah. the number again? 646-791-2083. 646
3: 791
5: Two zero
2: eight three, correct. Okay, and, and
5: it's also okay. WagnerBurkow.com, W a g n e r Burkow, b e r k o w one word. WagnerBurkow B-E-R-K-O-W.com. They can go to your website there as well, right, Steve?
3: That that's correct.
5: Great.
2: Or you can. Uh, if or you just, can call
5: you
3: us can now eight six
2: six nine seven zero nine six two. Kathy uh, from Westchester on the phone. Hi, Kathy. Happy uh, Elvis afternoon. Hi, how are you? I'm good. good how are you? Hi, how are you? Are you? In, you're in Westchester, good. correct? Uh,
6: yes, I'm in Westchester. I love Westchester. Um, my question is, is kind of twofold. I have two neighbors. Um, one neighbor is, I live in an area where all of the houses are like 2,500 to 3,000 square feet. And nice. everybody's got their lawns manicured and landscapers and everything else. My neighbor next door to me passed away, and the children decided that because they couldn't get the asking price that they wanted for the house, they split the property, and they sold the house and the parcel of land next to it separately. So this parcel of land next to it is like 20 by 100. I I don't know why anybody bought it, because unless they're going to build up, there's nothing that can be built in between 2,000, 3,000-square-foot houses. So the land, they're not cutting the grass or anything, and it's literally six feet high in between these two landscape houses. I have now got, and directly across from me, is a man who has been chopping into a mountain for three and a half years and building his house. So I've got the man across from me, disturbing all the wildlife that was living in the mountain across the street, now moving into the grass next to me that's six feet high and I've now got a rat problem. I've now got, oh my, my sons were playing baseball the other day and the ball went over and a fox came out of this grass. I'd like to know if there is anything that I can do to legally or anything to force the people who bought this 20 by 100 piece of property to cut their grass because now everything is living in it. There's, there's all kinds of animals. Kathy, that's and tough. If there's anything, that's
2: well, that I'm sorry. I said that's tough. We're just sitting listening to you. And oh I'm my, going, God, my God!
5: gee.
2: Well, Steve, what do you say? Is well, there anything she any- can do?
3: Well, there, there's a couple of things I would recommend. First of all, I'm sure you've spoken to the town, but what you're describing to me has got to be in violation of several of their ordinances or codes, and I would have them um, come out and issue violations which is important for two reasons. One, maybe the people will pay attention. But more importantly, the only thing I can really recommend, well, legal-wise I can only recommend, is there's something called private nuisance. And private nuisance is when somebody uh, engages in conduct which is uh, outrageous, affects your use of the property, and is for an extended period of time, all of which I think you've satisfied here. And you can get an injunction against them, we discussed earlier, and you also can get damages, although in in your case I'm not quite sure how you would prove them in terms of money. But, you know, if if it has, you may be able to say it's reduced the value of your house and get somebody to come in as an appraiser and say that. And that would be something that, um, you know, the courts will pay attention to. The other thing, and this is something that you may not really want to do, um, because I hear the anger in your voice, and you're every, every bit um, uh, you know, uh, proper in being upset about this. But I sometimes recommend that the easiest and cheapest thing to do is to hire a gardener and have him mow the lawn. Um, I think it's cheaper than hiring a lawyer. It, it's probably much more effective than getting violations on it. There's a practical answer here. I I, I, this happens to me when um, I have uh, people living on top of each other, you know, in in apartments and the people downstairs complain about the noise. And I always suggest, look, you can hire me and I'll do what I need to do. And I'm successful at these things. But why don't you consider just putting, you know, buying them a carpet? Oh, I wouldn't buy them a carpet. I'm hoping that you are practically minded and you actually consider this. There's no reason you should have to pay for it. But if it's really creating that situation, it's the cheapest and probably most effective thing Steve, you can do. Steve,
5: is, is it legal for Kathy to hire people to go on to the property of these other people? Is that legal?
3: Um, no, technically it's trespassing. But I don't think that these people are going to uh, be Even uh, that concerned. Yeah, they're not around. Look, you don't have the right to just go on somebody else's property. Or, you know, look, the other thing to do would be to ask, see if you can contact them. And see whether or not you can make the arrangements to have it cut, you know, if they at their expense. And if they say no, how about at my expense? Yeah,
2: Kathy. You know, it, it, that's Steve. That's a good point. And Steve, I so much respect you because, like, uh, Steve really is an expert. But if you don't need the, if you can do it cheaper, he's always going to tell you. But Kathy, is there? Can't you look up who owns that property?
6: I looked up who owned the property, and I thought about, I asked my landscaper one day. He happened to come the day after my sons were met by a fox, and I said to him, can you just cut their grass? (laughs) And he refused to do it for exactly what the other person just said. Uh, He said, you don't own that property. We can't just cut their grass. But that also doesn't help me about the guy across the street from me who's been building this house for three and a half years, and he keeps running out of money. And every time, I mean, I'm up to almost $11,000 in damages. I had a rat eat through my roof that I had to get my roof fixed. I finally got everything sealed and everything else, and now I've got my garage door they ate through. I mean, every time and he that's starts making I get every, I mean, I, I know I, it's going to be very hard to prove it's him, but I've yeah. been living there for 12 years and have never had so much as a mouse. Every time this guy digs into the mountain, I start getting all kinds of animal problems. Well, I don't you know. know there's, there's, much- enough,
3: there's another example of where the uh, the town, pro- they don't give out building permits that are indefinite. Um, they are usually for a specific period. You might want to check to see whether he has a permit anymore and start getting violations on that, too. Same thing. You know, and if, how if hard is it uh, to,
2: Steve, how hard is it to do, like, how hard is it? to do that like to, to put violations like and like oh well it,
3: up in westchester i can't say how responsive the government will be but you have to call first and it's very likely they'll send somebody out they'll send an inspector out you may even ask them to send a building inspector out um i don't know whether it would be worthwhile for you to engage your own expert to point out to the uh, to the uh uh town or or village that you live in the violations but uh they should be able to come out themselves and, and put a bunch of violations on, and then you'll have the same thing as is with the people with the long grass. Um, yeah, I, again, this is not one where you can say, "I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll cut the grass for you at my expense." Obviously, you're not going to finish this person's house, but you have to light a fire under this person and getting the violations well, and also the permit I, is a, it's a big well, thing.
6: I, I spoke to them. I spoke to them yesterday. He happened to be there. Because I'm probably the only person in the neighborhood so far who has not filed a complaint against him. And I guess he's getting a little irritated because the entire neighborhood is is coming down on him. And I said to him, because now I want to sell my house. And I said to him, you know, any idea when you guys are going to be done? And I've been friendly with him. I have not filed a single complaint. I've actually told my neighbors, listen, the guy's trying to build the house. Cut him a break. But he came off so nasty to me, and he's like, you know what, it may take me two years, it may take me three years, just deal with it, and walked away from me. I was stunned. Well, again, it's... You've got to be kidding me. I'm the only person in the neighborhood who's been sticking up for you. And I'm just asking you a question, and you're like, like, well, you're not going to blame me for everything.
3: Well, if you have a bunch of people who've filed complaints... That's even more reason why the local government should get on it. They, that's they're supposed to be responsive. But if it was just you alone, they may say, "Okay, one person against the other." But if you get a bunch of complaints, take it to the local authorities and let them issue violations. Make a big deal. You know, it, it, obviously people are upset. You can make a big stink about this, and they should react prickly. Um, you know, as far as somebody being nasty, that's the whole thing about. Uh, the private nuisance you sound like you 've been tried to be a very good neighbor, but you know you 've gotten nothing in return, and now what 's happening is it 's hurting you because it 's going to hurt the value or even the ability to sell the your home i would I would consider speaking to a lawyer and finding out whether or not you can make out a good case of private nuisance again, those violations will be very helpful if you decide to go that route. It, you know, it it it's not cheap to do, but and I don't let, recommend people litigate unless they're going to make a lot of money or they have no choice. It sounds to me like
5: you might not have a choice at this point. We're we're coming up to the uh, very end of the show, Steve.
2: You have to come back, Kathy. You know, yeah, we're, the show is just about over. But really, keep us posted, and, and maybe you could get your neighbors together that did file a complaint. And have a meeting and maybe, but squeaky wheels, you gotta be a parent. Kathy, call back,
5: tell us what happened. Yeah. Steve Wagner, you're terrific. You
2: were terrific. Steve, you've gotta come back. You were terrific. We're gonna post Steve's numbers. Give it to us one more time, Steve. 646
3: 791 2083. And thank you, Steve oh, and Dottie, especially for having me. Thank you,
2: Steve. Me. You were wonderful. You we were hope great. you'll come back.
5: Bye, everybody. See you next week.